They had been roped together and spaced a foot apart. The younger ones had a hard time keeping in step with the adults. When they fell, they were immediately jerked back into line and then beaten around the shoulders and arms. Their faces, however, were not touched. One man, far bigger than the rest, kept his gaze downcast as he marched up the metal steps. He was over six-six and rock-solid, with broad shoulders and narrow hips, and thighs and calves easily the girth of a professional athlete's. He also possessed the hard, bony musculature and near-gaunt features of a man who had grown up with not enough to eat. He would fetch a good price, but not as high as the girls, for obvious reasons. Everything was based on profit margins, and the girls, particularly the younger ones, had the highest margins of all. And that could be extended over at least ten years. By that time, they would have collectively earned millions of dollars for their owners. By contrast, his life would be relatively short as he was literally worked to death, or so his captors believed. LMP, or low-margin product, he would be called. The girls, on the other hand, were simply referred to as gold. He seemed to be mumbling to himself, but not in a language that anyone around him could understand. He missed a step and stumbled. Batons immediately rained down on his shoulders and the back of his legs. One struck him in the face, bloodying his nose. They were apparently not worried about his looks. He rose and kept going and kept mumbling. The blows did not seem to have affected him. There was a young girl in front of him who glanced back at him once, but he didn't return her gaze. An older woman in line behind him shook her head and said a prayer in her native Spanish and then made the sign of the cross. The man stumbled again, and again the beating took place. The guards jabbered at him, slapped him with their roughened hands. He took the punishment, rose and kept going, and kept mumbling. A shaft of heat lightning to the east illuminated the sky for about a second. Whether or not the man interpreted this event as some divine signal to act was unclear. His actions, however, were crystal clear. He bulled past one guard, slamming into the man so hard that the guard pitched over the rail and plummeted down more than 30 feet, hitting and bouncing off the steel platform. His neck broke on impact and he lay still. What was unnoticed was the sharp knife that the mumbling man had taken from the guard's belt. It was his sole reason for attacking him. As the other gunmen lined up their shots, the man cut through his bindings, grabbed a life jacket hanging on a hook on the stair rail, slipped it on, and dove off on the opposite side from where the guard had gone over. When he landed, he did not hit steel. He slammed into the warm waters of the gulf. He broke the surface awkwardly and went under. Seconds later, a barrage of MP5 rounds ripped the surface of the water, creating hundreds of tiny whitecaps. A boat was sent out a few minutes later to look for him, but there was no sign. In the dark, he could have gone in any direction, and it was a lot of surface water to cover. The boat finally returned. The gulf waters grew calm once more. He was probably dead, they thought. If not, he soon would be. The remaining prisoners, 24 of them now, continued their slow ascent to the cells 
where they would be kept until another boat came to take them onward. They were placed mostly five to a cage. There they joined other prisoners who were also awaiting rides to the mainland. They were young, older, and in between. They were all foreigners, all poor, or otherwise not part of any mainstream society. Some had been targeted and captured. Others had merely been unlucky. As bad as that luck had been, it would only get worse once they left here. The guards, mostly foreigners themselves, never made eye contact and did not even acknowledge the existence of their captives, other than when they slid plates of food and jugs of water inside the cages. The captives were just nameless, meaningless bits of particle, temporarily residing in the Gulf of Mexico. They sat on their haunches. Some stared out between the bars of the cages. Most kept their gazes on the floor. They were defeated, resigned, unwilling to attempt to fight or find a path to freedom. They seemed to have stoically accepted their fate. The older woman, who had been behind the large man, would occasionally direct her gaze far down to the ocean's surface. It would have been impossible for her to see anything in the water from the enclosed space. But once or twice, she imagined that she had seen...